This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. No matter where you're from, if it's in you, it's in you. Talk about blues, I got the meanest kind. Talk about blues, baby, I got the meanest kind. flat blues can get them off my mind A mecca flat woman makes a good man feel bad She'll make him cry A mecca flat woman makes a good man feel bad She'll make him That was uh, Spanky and our gang uh, from the good old days, from the 60s, uh, that group. You people know that group. Come on. You know who they are. Uh, No, 
one of my guests is saying now. I have no idea who they are. Uh, well, oh, God, my mic's kind of cutting out here, kind of sounding kind of weird. Okay, uh, hello, hello, everyone. So, um, oh, maybe it's my headphones. Okay, hoping it's the headphones. Uh, that was um, Mega Flat Blues. Um, that was young Spanky. I think she was maybe 18, 17, 18, 19 years old, singing that way with that soulful big voice of hers uh, forever and ever and ever. And still, still today. I mean, it's just, she's, a, a, it amazes me that she does coffee shops with only 20 people in front of her because she's just a, a legend a legend in every time not in her own time i've always wondered about that phrase legend in her own time i mean wouldn't it make sense that legend means that it would be? anyway welcome everyone it's waking from the american dream and uh hope you guys are all having a semi-decent thursday i'm uh you know trying to have a decent one as usual <clears throat> it is uh may 23rd we're uh, cresting around to the end of May now, and uh, we don't have any smut mic on you yet, sir. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, we're cresting around to the end of May. Uh, we're heading on Memorial Day weekend, which means um, somebody died. If it's a memorial, that's what I'm guessing. I, I'm not good at this stuff. Not good at this kind of patriotic holiday stuff. Wasn't on the family calendar. Wasn't on the refrigerator as a child. Although I'm sure my mother and I probably had matching outfits for it because we always had matching outfits for everything. Mom, mom loved the matching outfits thing. Don't quite know what that's about. I have a picture of us, though, from uh, Easter, Las Vegas, 1969, I'm thinking, maybe 70. Uh, we rented Phyllis Diller's house to live in for five weeks while my dad was in Vegas. And this is after... I think my dad had long hair at this point, and I just remember he brought all of his vinyl, not all of them, but he brought a good stack of vinyl albums with him and his turntable. And I remember the big moment of that Easter was um, my dad and I went to Circus Circus because that's what dad and I did. We went to Circus Circus and we won a bunch of things. And one of the things I won was a blow up version of a Cuddy Sark bottle. (laughs) Now, of course, this is during the days when my mother was still drinking. So I blew it up and I put it on the bar and then I just waited, waited in the corner for hours for her to go by and pick it up to be to have it be mistaken as the real bottle. And this was the humor of the Carlin family. This is what you do when you live in an alcoholic family. This is the level of humor that we were doing. Mom did finally pick it up and it did surprise her. And I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Oh my God. But I do have a picture of mom and I in cute little Easter outfits. There was white gloves and white shoes involved. Wow. White gloves and white shoes, people. Um, so anyway, I hope you're going to have a good Memorial Day. Uh, I hope you listened to the president today. Um, I was uh, torn right in half by the president. Uh, first, I, the beginning of it, I thought, oh, dear, I'm hearing the rest of my civil liberties being flushed down the toilet. And then the other half, when the lady was heckling him about Guantanamo, and he said, and he let her speak. And he said, you know what? We need to hear people like this. I don't agree with everything she says, and she's not listening to me. But this is what we do in America. We listen to each other. And I was like, oh, my God. Could you imagine another president saying that? No. Anyway, very torn, very torn by all of that. Um, and, you know, I get the rationalization of it. You're right. Drone striking people does cause less uh, collateral damage than all-out war. Does that make it right? I don't know. Do we have to stop these people who want to blow us up? Yes. Do I know how? 
So, so there, that's where I stand in all of that. But that's not what today is about. Today is about a bunch of different things. I, of course, actually did manage to write an essay today. So I'm going to do my little essay, and then uh, then we'll play another little song, as we like to do here. And then we've got a little octagon discussion going here with our just, just, just cheerful, little, cute little faces of friends here today. Just can't wait to get into it. But now for the essay. Uh, this essay I'm calling Messy. <clears throat> and it's... Okay, here we go. Life is messy. Very, very messy. Life is so messy, it needs a napkin. My life is so messy right now that last week I could not even write an essay for this show. This week, I can barely write this one. As I've discussed before, May and June are difficult months for me, full of anniversaries of my parents' births and deaths. On top of that, I have been witnessing for the last five months one of my closest and dearest friends gracefully walk through what it takes to make her way through to the other side of cancer. And she is amazing. And then last week, I found another dear friend is going to have to make this same walk too. Life is messy. So messy right now that most of me doesn't want to expose any of my pain or fear or confusion to anyone. And certainly not to you, my listeners, dare I say, even a few of you, my fans. I'm learning a little bit about being in the public eye. I'm learning that now that I'm in it, I feel like I need to uphold an image, a facade, mostly of calm, cool, collected insightfulness with a splash of humor and humanity. It's my brand, you see. It's what you depend on finding when you find me. Seeing the image I want to uphold, it doesn't surprise me. This is the same persona I perfected as a child while I survived my parents' insanity, rage, and chaos in the 1960s and 70s. It's what we kids do. We learn to cope. I coped with a facade of togetherness. Look at me. I'm fine. All is good here. (sighs) Such bullshit. Seven years ago, when I was training in the world of life coaching and leadership, I was told that my greatest moments of power, my greatest assets were when I was willing to get messy. I immediately hated this person for saying this to me. All I knew at the time was that messiness is ugly, shameful, and needs to be kept behind the yellow caution tape at all times. Look at me. I'm fine. All is good here. But all is not good here. My heart feels like it is broken today. I fear. I fear for my friends. I fear for myself. I fear for the planet. Oh, my God, that tornado last week. (sighs) My mother and grandmother both had breast cancer. I'm now thinking of getting tested finally for that BRCA gene thing. I've been avoiding it for 15 years. I don't know if I'm going to avoid it anymore. Thank you, Angelina Jolie. I think, I think, thank you. And hey, I know I'm not alone in this. I know that some of you are going through shit like this right now. And I know that many of you have gone through shit like this before. And I know that all of us will sooner or later go through shit like this in the future. Shit, 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 shit. This shit is messy. Here are some things that I think I know. Pretending it isn't messy doesn't work. I had an ulcer at age 16. Silence is deadly. Stewing in the messy for too long doesn't work either. Despair is not life sustaining and we are a part of life and thus sustain ourselves. We must. Endless avoiding of the messy doesn't work. Look at where we are as a species. Clearly, it does not work. So where does this leave us? Here, 
right here, standing in the mess, looking at each other in the eye and acknowledging the mess, feeling the mess, shaking our fist at the mess, falling to our knees in the mess, and ultimately surrendering to the mess and letting it change us. For it will. And that, my friend, is really what resisting the mess is all about, knowing we will be changed by it. Life will change us, and we hate that, at least when the change comes at us from that direction. Oh, yeah, we're all up for some change when we can do it on our terms. Look at the shelves and shelves of self-help books at Overflow Bookstores and our bookshelves. But no one signs up for being changed by the cosmos or what Howard Bloom calls the great secular genesis machine or even what Carl Jung called the self with a big S. You know, that aspect of consciousness that's bigger than ego and thus outside of its control and purview. One of the things one learns when you study Buddhist practice is that the only thing that reduces suffering is accepting that everything changes. Everything. Everything changes. But the first step to getting to acceptance is being able to hear yourself say, look at me. I'm fine. All is good here. And know that you don't really mean it. I dedicate this song with love up to the moon and stars above and to the sky that fits them like a glove under the great unknown sure ain't no place like home I Welcome back. Sorry about that little bit of uh, silence there. My song was not much shorter than I thought. Uh, so everyone, uh, hope you uh, hope you all got your coffee and your tea and your chocolate. We're gonna have octagon discussion today. I want to welcome all of my fine, fine friends here. Uh, let me introduce my first guest here on my immediate left, as they say in the business. Do they say that in the business? I don't know which business. The people on the right. That do. could be like the um, <laughs> the tailoring business, right? Uh, no, no, that would be how are you hung? That's the different business. That's right. No. <laughs> party planners do. The party planner business. Maybe the party planners. Oh, yeah, the people who seat the queen, the people at the queen's parties. They definitely would say immediately left. Uh, my first guest on the immediate left is uh, a regular here at the Octagon Table Discussions. Uh, the one and only, the most fantastic Rick O. Overton. Thank Woo! you for having me on the Bagua. You're very, very welcome, sir. That's Chinese for eight sides. Oh, yeah. is that what that wow. is? Wow, it's eight sides. Oh, there we go. And I'm trying to figure out why Rick's... um, I'm doing... Oh, by the way, Logan is not here today, so I'm doing the engineering. So if everything sounds fucked up, it's because it it is. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then uh, to Rick's immediate left is His eventual uh, your eventual left. My eventual left. <laughs> yes. Rick's immediate left and Amy's immediate right is uh, another regular here on the Octagon uh, table discussion. The fabulous, wild and wacky Chris Bono. <laughs> Hello. I'm so glad to be here once more to share in the pain and the joy and the suffering and the light and enlightenment <laughs> and the lifting. The lifting and the raising. The lifting and the raising of the souls. So yes. glad to be here. So, so, so glad to have you I here. I need $500 from three different people. Okay, then. All right, go ahead. Okay, then. <laughs> starting, three go, different people, only 500 from each of them by Wednesday. He's already, where he's already getting into the topic. He's, he's so ahead of his time. That's the lifting he, and the raising. God, this stuff. The lifting and the raising would be the five. The five hundred dollars from three excellent people. Oh, excellent people for, for oh, sure. Yes, there you go. yes. There you go. Yes. Hold on. And uh, okay, here we go. And then the um, on my immediate right, uh, Chris's immediate left, and Rick's eventual right and left. Gradual. Gradual. <laughs> eventual. What is my that? Miss um, uh, Amy Engelhart, everyone. Greetings. Uh, Amy, as you don't know, because you've ne- Amy's new here. She's a neophyte. She's a virgin. I Be know, gentle, people. I, I know that excites everybody. <laughs> Virgins usually do. <laughs> I'm a delicate... <laughs> I'm a delicate fucking flower, man. She's a dahlia. A dahlia, delicate dahlia flower. She is. Uh, and uh, she, uh, um, among other things, uh, was a member of one of uh, the, the best and one and only acapella. She was a member, a former member of one of the, my dad took me to many, many times, but you weren't a member then, of the Bobs, the fabulous Bobs. Oh, so good. Amy is a musical wonderkin. Oh, you got Yeah, see? Jelly. Oh, I made her blush. Oh, good, I made her blush. I love making her blush. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, and the Bobs felt the same way about your... Dad, yeah, that he was a wonder of the acapella world as well. Yes, ex- <laughs> well done. I like nice. that. That is true, isn't it? No, they often spoke of him. They loved, yeah. loved your dad. They're all, clearly the Bobs and my dad on the same wavelength of thought patterns mm-hmm. of the planet. Mm-hmm. Those people that make your mind expand in unseen ways mm. before you know it. Yeah. So uh, today, I thought we would. Um, I was watching. Someone sent me yesterday. Uh, you know, on one of the social media outlets that we're all so f- familiar with, uh, this um, <laughs> this Amanda Palmer TED Talk, mm. and um, I have a lot of issues around receiving. I have a lot of confusion about. I mean, I've, I mean, I've been a caretaker my whole life, so I've always been really good at giving and hard, you know, difficult for me to ask for help. That was like one of the other things I learned in leadership was that actually asking for help is a as a place of power, not a place of weakness. Mm. Um, and um, so oh, the whole giving and receiving thing, and, and, and th- that is a general topic, but in more in, in more specifically around this precarious time we creative types find ourselves, and plenty of other people on the planet too, but this is specifically to creative life and, and show business in particular, how um, it is one of many, many, many uh institutions of our culture that is um, confused right now and not knowing what the fuck to do with itself. And, uh, you know, the internet has has changed everything. So part of it is about um, being an artist and how, how to, how to do your work and 
make a living at it, you know, and, you know, we're not talking the Bruce Willis's type. I mean, that would be nice. None of us would turn that down. But, uh, well, maybe we would. I don't know. Do I want to be Bruce Willis? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, that's another topic. Um, you have great hair, so maybe not. I had to do stunts for you. Yes. Very close-up stunts. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but, so I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about, just gen- in general in your own life, and my life too, uh, just the topic of giving and receiving. And we'll get to the business part of it in a little bit. But just, you know, what has your experience been about? Are you a person who it's easier for you to... Um, to give and then forget to 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 receive or is it have you had to learn how to receive love or or money or help or i'm just so curious about this topic because you know i've i've been living in this for a long time and you know so so mr mr bono here we Mm -hmm. were discussing the other day briefly how you're in a time in your life where Mm. you're having this major surgery go on when is (laughs) when is it happening june 7th jesus fucking christ around the corner you're getting a new hip i'm getting a new robotic hip i just wish they could make it so that you know go <laughs> pull out a toothbrush or something or something <laughs> creative a, or a paint a paintbrush i need one with holds five paintbrushes and a cell phone you know robo artist thank god being, you're here right, glad to be here stand back exactly <laughs> whatever but uh yeah it's 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 odd and as the time approaches um and i realize that i, I you know i i need i need assistance i need an assistance right um um, because uh, I, over a year of examining the situation and living it and then changing my thinking about it, because I've been one to, I'm from Texas. I mean, there's a little bit of that, I'm fine. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, I had uncles yeah. and great uncles that just walked with a limp forever. Yes. Yeah, yeah whatever. But, you know, uh, I've had to realize, oh, my God, I've stopped walking. I stopped going up steps uh, or, like, being, you know, embracing, oh, I'll move you. I'll help you move. Uh-huh. Give me the box. My girlfriend three years back so was like, no, no, no. We get we get some kids that'll carry the stuff. You know? uh-huh. And then I asked, uh-huh. I'd, I'd stop going on uh, going for hikes mm-hmm. and things, and it became more exacerbated. It really limited your lifestyle. It, it, it has and is. Yeah. And I have a full day that feels like me. Yeah. And I'm down for a day and a half. I am down for a day and a half. Wow. Like, you know. Um, and a full day is meetings during the day, auditions and painting, and then shows at, like going to shows at night, being in shows, and then networking, hanging, all that. That right. feels like, oh, yeah. I love my life. I, I'm doing my job. I'm yeah. doing my stuff. Doing my job, and it's awesome. And yes. then the next day, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Till, you know, 11, stretching the legs out for uh, an hour. Right. Wow. wow. And then I'm back to like, oh, I don't notice it as much, but I do. Yeah. So anyway, I had to get it done. And um, yeah, so you, it's interesting that you're talking about this today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and invited me to it because I've... Uh, a friend put a fundraiser out there for me. Another friend's talking about putting a benefit together yeah. on the 31st. And we got to get that going if he wants to, you know, he, he does it. And it's, it's strange. I, I, I feel mixed feelings about giving and about giving and receiving. Yes. Giving, I, giving, I know. Yes. And I give emotionally. I give mm-hmm. my ear mm-hmm. and I go, it goes through the math in my head. What ever, from everything I know about people and life, my life experience and others I've observed, how can I help you? What can I send out to you? Right. Um, and um, it's odd being on the other side of it because there's, there is some, I think, money shame or poverty shame or mm. you should be able to handle this, the man side of things. Yeah, that you should thing. 
You know what? I had insurance. I got everything covered. I've had my, my everything. And I'm not that guy. Yeah. I, I've been, you know, I have embraced the creative world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mess that you were talking about in your essay, mm-hmm. I have embraced the mess. And as you were saying it, I thought, you know, I'm always cleaning up my place. I, I Because I allow the chaos to exist and I am, love it. Yes. And then the responsible guy that I have to be on some other levels is like, well, you know, we got another day of cleaning up your fucking mess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it is part of the process that I love having paint all over my clothes. You know? Yeah, yeah. So Well, yeah, sure, the creative process you know, is messy. Five books out when I'm writing or whatever. Yeah. You know? With yeah. the TV on and Facebook. Okay, you know. Yeah. So, so what is it about receiving that's difficult for you? Um, uh, I, I think I'm not sure if it's the firstborn. If there's like a little like a uh, 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 battle with the appearance of entitlement or the idea of entitlement, uh. or that. Oh, well, of course you should. You know, like I want that ice cream. I, I went to Vegas with my parents when we were kids, uh-huh. and we stayed at the Hilton, nice. which I've since played ten times, which is. Weird. That's so cool. And um, uh, we got to stay in the the little basement facility that took care of the kids, playing you know like linoleum hockey <laughs> with all these cute you know like uh, fifteen to twenty year olds or whatever that were taking care of us. And they had a bar where it's like, oh, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, you can get like a giant hot dog with everything on it. And, <laughs> and it's so funny because it's like my sister and my relationship is coined in this story uh, to this day. Uh, my sister's sitting next to me, and I was like, we can get anything we want. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm getting a big hot dog. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Come on. Look, we can get it. I'm get. I'm going to get myself a Sunday. I've never had the opportunity to have a Sunday with this much crazy junk on it. And I've saw it on TV. And so I ordered a Sunday. And she's like, I don't think so. They're, my parents are paying for that. I don't know. And she's like eight. Right. You know, eight and I'm 11 or right. whatever. Right. And she's, think, she's got a very, very responsible life. Works her ass off. Takes good care of her family, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Very responsible with money to the degree that I want her. I want it. When I, when I hit, yeah. I'm sending All right. them somewhere <laughs> that she will not be able to imagine. Right. Like, I, I've been relaxed for longer than two hours, let alone a week right. somewhere. You know? Right. I love it very much, all that. But yeah, so... So yeah. there's a little bit of that, like, because that still sticks with me. Like, sure. you know what it is? They're, you know, they are taking care of me, but, you know, so I feel like I've given, I do my damnedest to give back to them on an emotional level or, yeah. you know, an art level or, yeah. or whatever I can. So I I don't know if that explained anything. Yeah, no, 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 it does. It explains. Receiving and giving. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you provide this therapy for three <laughs> special people. Every octagon. <laughs> <laughs> Three special people will meet with Kelly Connor and she'll allow them to experience her Jungian facilities. <laughs> it's an octavention. <laughs> the octor is in. Right. The octor is, is in. in. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, is it, I, you know, it's, they say, um, it's better to give than to receive. And we all know how wonderful it feels when we give. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think there's something about the Puritan work ethic in this country that makes receiving so difficult? Is is that part of it? Just our enculturation around this issue? Yeah, I think you know, 
a pride issue is everything is reinforced on the TV that if you're not one of those people in one of those commercials with a house that looks like this or one of those yes. sitcoms where these are the girls who are struggling and you look at their fucking apartment. <laughs> yes. that, that's your struggle that's apartment? Struggle. Do they really that's know struggle. what a struggle repar- apartment shit. looks like? It's yeah. like that, that thing just keeps fucking going. <laughs> It's like Fred Flintstone walking. It just goes in a giant loop, you know. Uh, and, and where's and, the uh, crack dude that's yeah, like coming up going, hey, you got another man. cigarette? Tap, 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 because you're on the ground level. Tap, tap, there's the dude every day at your window. Right. Because you're facing the street. But uh, I, I'd say that, like, the the we're now guilted into not being a standard that's, like, impossible Yes, the, so and the standard itself is the guilt trained and shaming. The media thing, you just can't, you can't be it, and yeah. you're ashamed that you're not it, but what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> we're messed up from this, and we're... And we're uh, there was a TED Talk, and I forget who said it, but it was something about we got to unhitch from the need to seek that source of approval because it will never completely approve mm-hmm. of you. And it's set up like, I, I say it's all set up, our entire culture is set up like Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to watch one person, you're supposed to watch Granny hit five machines down from you and fill the bucket with nickels and then you think it's your turn next. Yes. And most everyone feeds this machine and it pays a Granny a few nickels every now and then in return and that's how it keeps its lights on and makes billions in profit. Yep. Yep. It's not a cheap place to run exactly. on any level. Exactly. And for them to rake that in, it means most everyone loses constantly all day based on the one remote, mostly unrealistic lightning strike hope that you're going to be the next one after Granny with the nickels. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great point. I mean, there's so, there's so much in there to unpack. But, yeah, there's, so there's this false standard to begin with. Then there's this false understanding that um, – everyone's going to hit that and be entitled to it and that it's just the way it happens because it's the american dream my and that's what, and that's what we all do uh, my turn's coming I'm next and that's now why and that's why certainly a lot of people you know vote against their own economic is- interests because they feel like well when my turn comes i'm going to make sure the government doesn't get 35% of my 20 million dollars or whatever it is. And look, pal, I worked hard for this. It's I also got it's also aspirational those votes is if, yes. if you see someone who seems to be a success at this and you think, "Oh, well they did it. They must know something or or they must have the clue to doing it." God. And I want to be that. Okay, that that clue thing like mm-hmm. my whole life. I mean, I I remember I did a short film, I don't know, 12 years ago called The Manual of Life because I felt like the one person that like <laughs> the 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 postman like skipped my house, you know how like everyone gets a telephone book. Uh-huh. I thought at 17 everyone gets the manual for life and everyone <laughs> else like has a clue into like how to make millions, yeah, yeah. how to sit in a cubicle for 25 years and be happy and, be happy <laughs> and get that paycheck and make sure you have a good retirement fund. I'm, I missed that day at school or the guy missed my house. I don't know what it is, but I don't have a clue. And so I feel really dumb. Well, you know, I think that's you have that in common with everybody in the entertainment industry. You know, I mean... Uh, the older you get, the more you look around and you see people like your sister, like, you know, the people you went to school with and, and you think, wow, um, well, I knew when I made this choice what I was in for, yeah. but it feels a lot different looking at it in my 40s now that you guys have grown kids who are graduating high school and mm-hmm. you own this and that and you actually have a retirement fund and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, but, you, but, you know, and look at my resume, it's a mile long, but... What the fuck? <laughs> you know, what does that mean yeah, yeah, tomorrow yeah. when I yeah, have nothing we all got on the promise? You do these things, you get that thing. Yes. Right. They are bailing on that promise. Yes. Yeah. And that is that's a huge thing now in the educational system is it's being questioned at its core and root. Did you show me anything I can use? Yeah. Right. 
and it's making it easier for them to disassemble it in its entirety, which is a catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It There is that promise. And yet, I mean... I mean that that the aspirational thing it's it's so important because it really is I mean there's so many different parts of the aspirational part of it because the aspirational part helps you get out of bed every day and say I want to go that direction up there mm-hmm. that's what I want mm-hmm. and 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 it it might not be the McMansion but it's but it's that thing that's further away than you are and it's bigger and higher up than you in some ways mm-hmm. and and yet at the same time like those of us who ch- who choose this business, we know oh, this is one of the most competitive industries on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and um, to 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 hit to hit the big time is like winning the fucking lotto. To make a living at it is really all <laughs> most of us are asking for. Yes, just, that's the aspiration. Uh, is I just want to r- do what I do, pay the and rent, and want that to yeah. be done. Like- yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's a middle class in this industry. Yes, yes. I'm a middle class member of this industry. Yes, exactly. A workman. Yeah, that does the sort of the journeyman roles and the stuff like that carry that baggage, and it's great. And yep. I love the job. Yep. And there's a lot of guys want the job. There's a lot of guys my age, a lot of bald guys, a lot of six foot bald guys appears my age. What? And, yeah. He sees them every every other day when he goes into audition. audition yeah. Hey, hey, hey! How's the kids? How's the wife? How's this? How's that? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's so interesting too because you know I really do think that this industry. I mean, look at the the culture of celebrity in this country in reality TV. So this 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 industry showbiz uh, plugs right into the aspirational dreams of Americans, and part of that has become this cult of celebrity. That if you become that thing. That that well, it used to be fifteen minutes of fame. Now I think it's fifteen episodes of fame. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure what it is, <laughs> but that was um, that celebrity was there. There there used to be a, a a kind of a a level of work ethic in this country where it wasn't about celebrity. It was about doing a job well done, maybe being of service in some way, mm-hmm. maybe changing the world, maybe having an impact. Um, but the celebrity thing was. On the side, it was, you know, like the coleslaw or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, it wasn't the steak. This is a person who's achieved something yes. from their own hard and difficult effort. Yeah, and I think if you, you know, when you when you met most people in the industry, uh, you know, let's say mostly in the 20th century before the whole crazy culture, the celebrity thing happened, you know, these are people who, yes, they happened to be, maybe they, they were celebrities, but these people who, like, were fine artists, who were had talent, who loved their work. Who, like Buddy Hackett. Like hey, Buddy, like no, Buddy Hackett. I work on my jokes. <laughs> I'm working every day on him. Buddy Hackett. Wow. I haven't thought of Buddy Hackett in... Pfft, how old am I? <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> So, yeah. So now there's this celebrity thing that goes with it that has nothing to do with anything. You know, it's... it's well, the reality yeah, television thing, on. too, has it's, changed that, hasn't well, it? Well, Yeah. And the that, scandal That's changed TV. The scandal-ebrity. Yeah. Hey, this guy saved a woman. Now he's a celebrity. He's on YouTube and he's a celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. The guy in Cleveland. Woman, right. And now he's giving, they're giving him like free food wherever he goes. <laughs> and he's going, fuck yeah. You know, I'm going to use that. That's my version. And I'm, I'm saying, yes, I'm taking it. Yeah. He's receiving. And who can blame him? He's going viral. Receiving. He is that's receiving. Right. Right. He's receiving. He is receiving. And don't say no when shit like that happens. Yeah. The universe is going, you know, the joke about the... The guy in the flood, right? Do do tell. Yes, you know the joke. You I know do. The joke? 
Uh, uh, the water's sure. up to the second oh, floor right now. Oh, you know, yes. You know that one? Yes. Gonna, should we tell the listeners? P- yes, please. Tell, into tell, it. You know, the, the, the second floor boat pulls up, and he goes, get in there, pal. Flood's not getting any better. Now God will save me. Ah, he's nuts. <laughs> now he's on the roof because the water's so high. He's hanging on the TV antenna, and a helicopter throws a rope ladder down. Grab on, pal. We're low on fuel. We're halfway in. we got to leave right now or can't get back. No, it's all right. God will save me. Ah, this guy's nuts. Let's go to the next one. So they fly off, and then guy goes into blackness, comes to, he's soaking wet, and he's standing in front of God. And he's going, God, what am I doing here? I waited and waited, and you didn't save me. And he goes, didn't save you, God says. What about the boat and the helicopter, I said? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, keep your... Uh, you know, look for the real versions of these things. Yeah. It's not the you know, a special effect version. Mm-hmm. So some, someone called and did a nice thing, and you're supposed to read, that was the angel for that moment. For the yeah. moment. And there, you see them, I see them every day. Being raised Catholic, I look for those angels. But that uh, <laughs> thing that I showed you, the uh, which this is perfect because it's very confessional here today at the end. It is, yes, it is. But the... Um, um, I think that uh, clip that I gave you of the the British guy. I want to say his name's Darren. Darren. Yes. Darren Roberts. The, uh, the the about the secret something of luck. the secret of luck. And oh my God! Everyone watch this it's show. Brilliant. And it it's is. Brilliant. He's a mentalist. All the way to he's the a. Br- end. You have to watch to the last last moment moment moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I loved how he some of the things he addressed were: Do people create their own luck? Right. And just taking the word luck out of it. Yep. You, you see that the people that seem to bring what others perceive as luck to them yes. were the ones that noticed the boat, that noticed the helicopter. Exactly. That said yes when there was an opportunity to say yes mm-hmm. to help assistance or the opportunity to serve. Yep. That was the beautiful thing to me, too. Is there, there was one woman in there who didn't know, like someone had a difficulty with her car. She didn't know how to do anything with the car. But she said, I can go get someone. Right to him. In fact, I'm going to walk you over to him. Yeah. You know, and also think in terms of being someone else's luck. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. it's an exchange of energy. I mean, the more the, the more energy moves there. around, the more you're like witnessing what's going on on Earth around you. The more likely you're going to make a connection. That I mean, that's where all luck is: is being in the right place at the right time. So and if you notice your neighbors, yes, notice notice the why, humans why around you. Why would you have you. luck if no one likes you because you never did a thing for them? That's <laughs> mechanical at this point. That's just physics. That's action reaction. Yeah, it's or it, inaction reaction. Yeah, I mean, it's pure ecosystem. We're talking basic ecosystem here. You know, everyone's got a part to play, and everyone's interacting. And when you interact, you're part of the whole. And and you're going to be f- impacted and by the stats whole. and numbers up to some degree, like you said about being in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Is if you it, 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 uh, if you adjust yourself to saying I I am in the right place at the right always am in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Then you are seeing the yeses or the noes, even the noes, like the people that go like you know it's all good. Uh, okay, how would you explain? I don't know. God gave this to me for a reason. Right. Oh, you know, someone lost her leg. It's for a reason. Da, da, da. But then at the same time, like there's within that weird world of all this terror, and there's got to be some management of how is that person going to live their life with the horrors they've experienced, yeah. et cetera. And if that person lives their life by saying stuff like that and suddenly is in service to other people, then they're kind of creating that own thing of like, yeah, this this may seem like a real bad thing to you, and it, is. it was a bad thing to experience, and it was horrible, but somehow I am going to make the best of it 
by giving to other people or being a person that has a voice well, yeah. for those people that don't. And they and find meaning in it. I mean, that, that's what it, we're meaning makers. Our yeah. brains are meaning makers and they find meaning ma- meaning in it. And some mm-hmm. people find mm-hmm. meaning by talking about it in that God way or wh- whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it's but that's what I loved about that Secret of Luck show because this guy is a mentalist yeah. and he's clearly a skeptic and he's no bullshit at all. Yeah. And he walks you through this amazing – he does a social experiment on a whole village. And about positive thinking. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You got to watch it. It'll blow he your mind. It'll absolutely place. fucking blow your it's mind, everybody. Great. And positive thinking, of course, is completely different than prayer. Oh, completely is, different. Is, you know, all he meant by positive yeah. thinking was that these people believed that the statue of this dog was lucky. And so they would go and rub it. And so they believed that they now had the luck. And so and, and the people who believed they had luck live their lives differently than people who believe they're cursed. And he sh- and he shows it. And it is the most it will blow your mind away. That's all I can say. It, it was I'm so also, excited. It was it's also fun to me. Just to it's so fantastic. It. What's it called? It's called The, the Secret, Secret of Luck. Secret of and it's a British mentalist. He's got a whole show. It's a, clearly a series. Darren. If you do Secret of Luck, it'll yeah. come up. Well, it also it also brings up the whole attraction and repulsion thing where if you put certain things into the world, you're more likely to get those kinds of things back. Yes, because that's so, what you're seeing. That's yes. literally what you're perceiving. So you're right. changing. Yes. It's, you're, it's that you are changing your luck simply by doing it. That's exactly what he's talking yeah. about. And, yeah. And, it, and it's a profound understanding of what it means to have a worldview, what, how your worldview really does affect your day. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Not just in a subjective way, just your own personal experience of it, but like literally how you interact with the world around you, which then on an objective level things the things that happen because of it and mm-hmm. it's it's so manifestation has a, a sort of nuts and bolts it, physics dynamic to it. it it is kind of like that but it's not like the secret type of thing you know not that that's <laughs> no, secret it's not from an ethereal energy no 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 it's it's not some metaphysical there's no there's no fairy dust people. it's not spotting your brakes or spotting your brakes exactly i mean yeah once you watch this you'll see yeah, you'll see great. absolutely and and so and and that's the thing, too. I mean, I, I, I think about the power of asking for help, mm. you know, that people used to say to me, I was, you know, because I'm the one who walks around saying everything's fine, I'm, ca- I'm fine, everything's good. People then think everything's fine and everything's good. Yeah. Um, and I remember one time a therapist saying to me, you know, pe- uh, people aren't mind readers, Kelly. Mm-hmm. They, they, they literally aren't mind readers. They don't know that you're suffering. Like mm-hmm. you have to let people know when you need something. And that to me was like, <laughs> it was like, I realized I had been living my life really wanting everyone to be mind readers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like easier, re- right? Don't way, you see Way easier. Yeah, way easier. Because, on right under here? because yeah. being, asking for help means you have to be vulnerable in the moment. Mm-hmm. You have to say. And you're facing people that may not be equipped to deal with the volume of what you're actually saying. Jim Carrey had a great old joke he used to say when he was just breaking into his new stand-up style. He used to come out and go, uh, you know, you got to be careful when you're talking to people. They ask you how you're doing, but you can't really tell them how you're really doing. Yes. You can't say that. And they go, hey, man, how you doing? You can't say, I'm all dead inside, man. I got no dream. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy goes, okay, tippy Well, and that's why, that's why even doing my essay today, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah, you don't, you know, there's a certain, a little bit of a fa- facade that goes up for everything, but... Yeah. But um, but you know what? The world's getting really fucking weird out there. Yeah, there's much weirder stuff than us. You know, so it's like what <laughs> the artists aren't the weird ones anymore. So not may- really, maybe we need to learn how to ask for help from each other because when people ask me for help in a you know in a really direct way, I am so thrilled. 
I mean, if I'm capable and have that time and energy and resources. Agreed. I am I would, thrilled. Yeah. It's flattering. It's And it feels good. Yeah, it's like this exchange of something happens in the air. Yes. And um, I always think that it's amazing, too. Even if it's something you can't do or you, you can recommend someone else who can do it better. Yes. Um, it's... Mm. it's um, it's just a lovely thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's what it's kind of what collaboration is, too. And mm. there are so many uh, forms of art mm. that are collaborative. I, I know that, you know, I've spent most of my time in music in collaborative art forms, either performance-wise or writing-wise. And immersed during the whole Bob season for, oh. like, that was season after season. Of- yeah, 14 years yeah. <laughs> wow. with wow. that band. Yeah. And now um, now that I'm not in that group, I'm uh, I've gone back to the theater and I'm writing for musical theater, which is the ultimate collaborative art mm-hmm. form. And even if you're doing, say, two out of the three things, music and lyrics or something, literally you must be of one mind. And um, I, one of the things I love to do is is work with other people's ideas. And I usually am the lyricist for mm. musicians, even though I'm a musician myself. But you're very funny. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, your lyricalness is wonderful. I like the words. I like the words. I love words so much I sleep with dictionaries and <laughs> cheat on them with thesauri. That's, um, that's hot. Uh, yes, thesauri. Very hot. So yeah, I, 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 there's something so cool to me about being in a room with someone and not being afraid to be stupid <sighs> and not being... High five, baby. Oh, Beautiful. Oh, clearly not a problem let's in pause, this room. <laughs> pause this tape right here and let's just really get a clean definition of what you mean by stupid. Let's I mean open... a really good, clean... New definition of what you're saying, what you actually mean, because that word gets as misused as genius. Mm -hmm. uh, What I mean is afraid to put an idea out there that might be weird or um, no way fits that word or vulnerable or say I believe these. Well, yeah, I know, but you know, when I say stupid, I mean yeah, that's an excellent idea. It puts a really negative connotation. It makes someone not want to do it because the genius in the room will will know that. It takes a gazillion ideas to throw. You keep throwing spaghetti on the wall to find the thing that really works. You oh, know? That's, that's for sure. You it's do. That's so smart. funny because you've I, obviously been in my kitchen. You see the spaghetti all over. It's a <laughs> mess. Said, really, you need to do something said about that. Stupid. Uh-huh. I heard um, ridiculous. Yes. Okay. Yes, of course. Exactly. Right. Right. What I'm right. In the what's comedy the core context. Of yeah. Core of ridiculous is you're being ridiculed. Someone's you're taking a risk. Fun of you. That uh, doesn't mean you're yeah. stupid. It means they nope. got a problem right. that they make fun of you when you show creativity. Perceived right. as. And walk in knowing that, and you've started to make luck shift around how they react to you doing it. They'll stop doing it sooner when they look on your face that, that this isn't hurting her like we'd planned. <laughs> well, I the, can't but, tell you how but, many enemies. Of but there's, you know, one of the things I love is to challenge people to fail beautifully fail magnificently fail hugely because that's the only way i mean it's it's improv that's what improv improv. is is you gotta fucking just open your mouth and see what's coming out and if you're pre-editing shit Nothing comes out. You hey, know? talk about giving and receiving. That's right. all improv is yes. about. Yeah. Is saying great point. Hey, I what you just said is awesome, and <laughs> exactly. in fact, here's the prize of what you just said. You're the absolute best in the world at that. Tell us more. I <laughs> am. Yes, I am the best in the world at that. <laughs> I can't deny I am an astronaut and a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's your hat. You just Thank dropped. you for that mime hat. I will wear it. I've never seen helmet. a Stetson with a visor. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Well, uh, we're only going out to the western quadrant of space. (laughs) That eastern quadrant. It gets cold. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's literally just keeping the ball in the air. Just, you know, just... just, Life is like that, too. Exactly. It's taking the risk and embracing someone else's idea, which is giving and receiving. It's the exchange of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And you can... You create something new in the air with it. And that's that's true collaboration. And, I mean, yeah, I can... I always say I I never... I don't care if I ever sing a solo again in my life. Mm, Because even though it's fun and I like doing it and I know how to ride it and I know, you know... Like a, like a comedian you know when you're performing, you right? You know you will. You won't, no, of course gonna... I'm not saying I won't. I'm saying, but it's okay if I don't uh-huh. because I get off on being a part of a bigger oh. sound and I a bigger s- collaborative so... thing. I mean, you know, it's like ever yeah. since I was 16 and I burst into tears during New Jersey All State Chorus 1982 because we sang the fucking national anthem and uh, there was an orchestra oh, and wow. there's like Forget 200 kids and we're all singing our part in the national anthem in uh, Convention Hall in Atlantic City. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Forget oh, about it, girl. Oh, Mary, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and because it, it was just all of a sudden you uh, disappear yes. into this Oneness. collective thing that yeah. we were all making. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good and it was, it's the best. And it's, it's the same thing when, you know, I'll give someone. I'll, I'll write something and, and hand it off to someone and say, "Here, put this to music." And then they come back with their deal, mm. and it's an, it's like watching someone water a flower mm. and and mm. seeing what they bring to it. And it, it's absolutely the most mind blowing, wonderful experience. I think it's the same reason we go out to see a movie and we go out to a concert. Yes, rather than just the collective. Yeah. We, I want to be near people who agree. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. They safer. Yeah. yeah, I feel safe when I'm with everyone that all laughed at what I laughed at. So yeah, so I'm or like all bop to the same tune. So I'm having like a total like aha moment here around this because you know, one of the things uh one of the places that I go in my mind around this giving receiving thing is that if I receive, I'm being selfish in some way because um you know, for whatever reason, that's just my brain. But I but really I'm seeing this whole it's it, it is such a dance of co-creation that it all can be seen as a collaboration that the giver is part of it and the receiver is part of it. And then once you receive, you're giving something too, and then the giver is a receiver and it's, Mm -hmm. and you don't really even know who's the giver or the receiver anymore because, you know, it may look like on the, the uh, physical plane that there's some sort of exchange going one direction, but there's all this other invisible cool shit that's going on. Right. It's why live performance will never go away. Will never, ever right. go away. It's because it's the magic of, of a group thing and the energy and the exchange with an audience. Yeah. I mean, you can watch it. I've gone to these, I don't know if you've gone to these National Theatre Live broadcasts as they have now. The National mm-hmm. Theatre from London does these um, live in HD um, like the Met has started to do where you go to a no oh, a theatre, yes. I just saw an ad for one of the Met ones. Yeah. Yes, and sometimes it's a simulcast with what's happening in London, mm. and so you're watching a live audience oh, reacting wow. to a multi- multi-camera shoot of As You Like It or Fela or Frankenstein with Benedict Cumberbatch or, you know, in the National Theater. And I, of course, being a theater geek, I've travel all over to to see this and it's only about 20 bucks Uh for you to sit there and sometimes you're not watching the simulcast you're watching you know a rebroadcast and they're very very well filmed Uh but there's something about to me about knowing it's live watching an audience react to a live performance (laughs) with me reacting to an audience yeah or being in an audience that's like this 
It yeah. is extremely meta, okay. but you don't you don't think about it. And even though you're watching a camera do the work, yes. you know, and you're thinking, but you're, oh, I could never see this if I was, you know, in the back row of the Barbican. But it's you somehow know, your mind takes care of that for you. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, it's this. That's okay. <laughs> it's just, just the roof is just expanding. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just this, heat. This group. This is group feel, and you're still getting that weird collaborative because you're hearing an audience you know, yes. that either was in London right. seven hours ago or something, <laughs> or three weeks ago, react the way you're reacting. Like you said, it's like they're having the same thing. It's yeah. fascinating. That is. The, but that, that's like the, the, the cross of the two experiences, mm-hmm. watching a movie of a live experience. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, the 1972 version of that for me was going to see Evil Knievel jump over Snake Canyon. <laughs> Wow, where we go to... You, didn't, you know he didn't You didn't do over. it. No, we were like, oh, come he, he, on! He went into the canyon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't a good thing. With the, and there was a, a parachute, and we're like, oh, gee whiz. Well, that's reality TV. That's that was very uh, early reality TV. That's, that's that was. reality TV. But it really felt like you know people are watching this in towns all over the world. Yes. Know, we're all watching this somewhere in an auditorium, and it was just felt like a connective well, you know yeah. experience. I get paid either way. Hey, yeah. but it's like, I don't want to break it. It's almost like yeah. he's doing what you were talking about, that Vegas thing though, because no one you know, what are the odds <laughs> that anyone would do this? Yeah. But and we uh, it's a collective hope yes. that the odds are gonna pay off this time. Of course he's also getting paid to do it. Right. No he matter knows. you know but he had a he had an absolute knowledge that this thing is going into the canyon. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. How can we do it gracefully guys? Make sure how can we build it make, up. Make sure that's, the parachute works is all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. Well you know and now the new collective experience which I've had quite a few times uh, on Twitter because I spend a good deal of time during the day on Twitter is these collective experiences of watching events big events happening in the world and everyone on Twitter commenting and talking and being together and reacting emotionally and mm. then you get you know you get the emotional reaction you get the intellectual reaction you get the political reaction you get all of it at the same time and and um that's yeah i mean it's it it it's so weird you're sitting in your living room with a computer on your lap and yet you know, there's my 20 friends on Twitter that, you know, I know some of them in real life and some of them not, you know, and we hang out and we talk and, and then suddenly I'm like, it was like watching the Tahir Square thing in, you know, in, and it was like, okay, now who do I follow? Who's really on the ground? And they're like, okay, follow this guy. He's there right now and he's tweeting live tweets and right now. And, and then you're watching this guy and he's tweeting the live tweets and you're like, you're in the square with him while he's tweeting wow. it. But you're on your couch in your living room, <laughs> right, 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 you know, right, right, and, yeah, and, yeah. and honey, get me another graham cracker or something, you know. It's just, it's so weird on so many levels it's fantastic um but back to giving and receiving (laughs) (sighs) that was a good one that was a good one i want to talk a little bit about some fantastic interesting things in particular going on uh, the paradigm shift of commerce and art in our country and um I have three different examples of this. And if you people want to go online and check this out, pause the podcast, go online, check it out, come back. Uh, three different different things that I've uh, sourced here, one of which is um, Amanda Palmer's um, TED Talk called, oh, shit, what is it called? Um, uh, the, gift, the Gift of, the gift of Asking. The gift of asking. Right. And then there is um, two... Keynote speeches from Just for Laughs uh, from t- 2012 and 2011. One is from Mark Marin. The first one's from Mark Marin, 2011, and then Patton Oswald in 2012. 
about the the shift in the entertainment industry. Specifically, they talk about comedians, but this could be musicians, this could be writers, this could be anybody, and this could even be other industries. I don't I don't know. It's becoming TV networks. Well, certainly, yes. I mean, Movies. very much so. That's why I'm wearing my YouTube shirt today. People, I'm representing, hoping to, you know. <clears throat> anyway, um, one of the things uh, that uh, so so one of the things that I have, sh- which is just. I need more therapy on this, people, clearly. But, <laughs> the you know, is in. I do have, <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know why, because my father was a famous, successful artist, uh, but he also got lucky. He was lucky, too. But, and he was a genius. Fuck, he was a genius. And he took and he, risks. And he took risks. Risky genius. But um, never in his life, I don't think he ever said to himself, I need to get a real job. He never said that to himself. And mm-hmm. I, in my head, hear myself every once in a while say... You really need to get a, good, a real job, Kelly. Yeah. And it, I think it's why I went and got my master's in counseling psychology. It was like my big plan B, you know, it was like, get a real job. You know, of course, being a therapist is probably just as difficult as being a writer, but I don't know. I think the same thing every day, Kelly. Okay, and, good. And, Seriously. And, and wait, you went, you, went to, you went to get your master's also last year. You've gotten your master's. You're done? No, she's not. Okay. And we're thinking about all this in this job market. In this job market. So here's what Mark Maron says. All personally. Mark mm-hmm. Maron said... Um, he said, then I thought maybe I could get a regular job, even though the last regular job, oh, because Mark Maron is now a 47 year old man and his career is, his manager has told him his career is over, basically. He says, then I thought maybe I could get a regular job, even though the last regular job I had was in a restaurant like 25 years ago. I said to myself, I still got it. It's like riding a bike. Just get me a spatula and watch me flip some eggs or some burgers. Then I thought, what are you fucking crazy? <laughs> you think they're going to going to hire a 47 year old man whose last restaurant job was part-time short order cook in 1987. <laughs> How are you going to explain those lost years? Are you going to show the bar manager your Conan reel? <laughs> I love that. When I, this was the section of this. So yeah. That I love the you're, most. You're, he says, yeah. Yes. He says, you're an idiot. Um, so, so there's that, there's that, like, once you kind of jump into this game, like you said earlier, Amy, once you're in, you, you got to keep paddling, you got to keep paddling. And yet what's exciting is that because of things that are happening, uh, there, there, it, it is a different game. It is a different game. So, um, so, so he says, uh, hold on here. Let me just find where I'm at. Uh, so, so Patton says, I love this too. So Patton talks about Patton's had a different bit of a road. He had mm-hmm. a lot of mainstream success to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, tons acting and big specials on, you know. He's a mid-lister, as he calls. He's it. a mid. He calls himself that, or I, I believe the term so. Mid-lister yeah. was used in some of the. Yes, movies. and uh, and he, you know, he talks about how he's been lucky. He's been lucky, and he's been given to. He and he learned to receive. He received mm-hmm. all of it, but he, he I've, oh, clearly the man's got tons of fucking talent. Yeah. It's not like he's fucking you know Paris Hilton or the Kardashians, but but he's admitting that he he was lucky and that he received, and yet he's now acknowledging that things are changing in the industry, and uh, that that things are shifting. That the the, the power is shifting, and so he, I just love this. He's got a few things here that he says. He says. Um, so this is what he says to the industry. He says, so basically, I guess he and Phil Rosenthal, and Rose, Phil Rosenthal, huge, huge showrunner. He did... Um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Everyone Loves Raymond. He was Raymond's best friend, and they did that show together. So he says, he and Phil Rosenthal had written a pilot, and they got a bunch of notes back from the network. And he says to the industry, <laughs> dear industry, <clears throat> I'm still not going to implement your notes. And I'm quoting Phil Rosenthal on this. But he said, after we read your notes, and I'm quoting him verbatim, 
quote, we're living in a post Louis world. And these notes are from a pre according to Jim world. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that really sums up so much of it. And then he says to him, and then he, this is what I love. He's, he's inviting the gatekeepers, these old people who were the threshold guardians to come on board with us because he says, Guess what? It's changing so much that you're going to need to change for your own survival. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because you're so far behind the curve that no one, I mean, look at NBC, guys. Look at NBC right now. No one's paying attention. Yeah, they're having trouble. They're having yeah. real trouble. These people were in the, these people were the forefront of comedy on television and they can't even rub two sticks together to create fucking a spark of anything. No, who's the king now? CBS or ABC? I think CBS is the king in comedy and t- brand ratings too, I believe. Okay, king. Okay. I, I and uh and uh, so uh, there's one on the uh, so um, a- anyway, these guys are just talking about how it's all changed. It's all changed. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, uh, "Here, uh, here's Mark, Mark Marin. He says, he says now I'm doing a podcast and listening to comics, and they saved my life. I realized that this is what comedy can do for people. And you know what the industry had to do with that? Absolutely nothing." When I played an early episode for my now former manager in his office, thinking that I was turning a career corner and we finally had something, he listened for three minutes and said, I don't get it. I don't blame him. Why would he? It wasn't on the radar or in his wheelhouse. There's no package deal. There's no episode commitment. There's no theaters to sell out. He had no idea what it was or how to extract money from it. Mm -hmm. And I did it from my garage perfect it took me 25 years to do the best thing i'd ever done and there was no clear way to monetize it i feel the exact same way about a project that i just finished (laughs) yes completely so here we are we're doing we have all the creative freedom we want now Mm -hmm. finally we've been bitching (laughs) well since the 80s since since the bean counters took over the fucking industry right right we have all but now we have creative control now we can source money from individuals if we want, Kickstarter, things like that. We'll get into that in a minute a little mm. bit. But um, And yet monetizing it is a challenge. I mean, I, I do this podcast. I spend all day Thursday working on this show. I, I sit down. I write an essay. I meditate on the topic. I you know, kind of source the energy for all of us, pick my guests or when I, you know, whatever it is. I spend the whole day on it. And um, – you know, I'm not getting paid a salary to do this. I'm doing this because it's I get a chance to 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 use my voice to 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 share with the world, to do my work. I really believe this is my work. This is what I've been put on this fucking planet to do, and uh, and yet I have difficulty asking my audience to support me in this. It's it's hard for me to monetize it in a, in a clear way because there is no clear way. Instead, I have to put the hat out. I have to busk. Basically, I'm on the corner busking and saying, you know. Throw me what you can. You got a you got a quarter in there. Throw well, me a quarter. Yeah, to be, to, I was going to say to yeah. be fair, it's not a situation. Uh, it's a situation we were handed. I mean, in the case of music, it's been devalued. Yes. So it's not. It used you used to pay for music. You, you used to pay. It you know, it, well, publishing too. You know, it's Napster. like it's it's terrible. I mean, I don't know. I don't even, know if you're following the Internet Fair Com- Radio Com- Fairness Com- Act. Yes. Or you're fa- following what's happening with Pandora or these places. I mean, I read literally yesterday that um, Saida Garrett posted this the uh, picture of this the, a song that she wrote a Michael Jackson tune. Um, and it said that between 2009 and 2012, it's on my page, I can't remember the name of it, um, uh, it was played on Pandora a certain number of times, and they got something like uh, ridiculous, like $11,000 in royalties to be split between 
for two writers and two publishers. We're talking about oh, it's played twenty six million times. Wow, twenty six yeah, million fucking times. And and Pandora is now going to court to Congress to cut the royalties in half. They right. think they're paying too much to songwriters. Yeah. yeah. So you know. It, it, so, so to be fair, this is the world that we've all been handed right now. This, this how it, it's on us to monetize it, not not the people who used to back it. Right. So, it's so, like so on before you to so figure be, it out. So the, before the industry had more creative control, they were the gatekeepers, but they could help monetize it because they had the system set up that made the money flow, and they made right. money on that money. Right. Also. Of course, and that and, was and their incentive. Giving you the opportunity, oh, yeah. you had to, of course, right. you and, know, and sell your soul. Let's to do not pretend they didn't fuck. Of course, thousands of musicians and artists over the years. And now they fucked millions, though, because they let it happen. Right. They took their yeah. payouts and left. And, you know, they're done. It's true. I, I know that just with my father, my dad died in 2008. And, um, you know, being his only heir, I thought, well, you know what? Well, I'll get some royalties every month. A little something will trickle in. It'll be fine. And, um, you know, we'll get some money from that and I'll be able to you know, maybe step up my lifestyle a little bit. My husband and I live a very normal middle class, you know, kind of artist lifestyle and uh, scraping by every once in a while. And uh, and I thought, well, that'd be nice. I'll have a little lift in that and, and that'll be lovely. Instead, everything went bye-bye. Everything. I mean, suddenly there was no DVD sales, no CD sales because everyone was ripping it off and pirating it off the internet. And, um, and, and, and now, I mean, just now the five years later that we're all like kind of stumbling out of this all, we're, we're fine. There are, you know, we're trying to find ways, you know, I mean, YouTube is one way you can do it. And, but then with YouTube, you know, I'm going to put a channel up for my dad's stuff and take all of his other videos down and I'm going to be the channel of it, which is great because I'll be curating my father's channel. Mm -hmm. But now I have to have advertising in order to monetize it. And you know, that doesn't really sit well with a George Carlin fan, you know, so I have to be find out how do I control advertising because I don't want fucking, you know, people who make weapons to be yeah. <laughs> advertising. And it's on crazy, too, because, it's crazy yeah. too, because you have a commodity that's known, a known commodity, that, you know, and, and people other, who don't. It's like you're at an advantage and you get to do this. I yes. mean, that's the craziness and, of it. And like, people you, you get to go find advertising. You know? Yeah, well, well, this is true. That, you you so know? Yeah, yeah. Geez. And people are uploading my father's videos and making money on it because they've right. already they already have the deal with YouTube. And mm-hmm. so it's like, but they're making money, but I'm not. And I'm his kid, and I'm Blaine sure he wants me to followers. have. You don't have as many followers as we do because I put up rap videos and some other things with skateboard people who are breaking their knees. Oh, <laughs> yes, oh exactly. thanks. How old are you? I'm nine. <laughs> dude, you're so articulate. Oh, my what an attitude. Here, dude. I got to go. Oh, you're well, s- I guess you saw the helicopter then. So, so, so. Call back. I apologize. <laughs> so, it's so funny because it's like, how do you know? Um, you know, I really want to make and 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 I love the Internet. I love the access people have. And I love the idea of sharing. I mean, we were just talking about collaboration and sharing and the power of that. And so there's some way in which we can co-create a new world using this energy of the Internet and sharing. But I want people to also know that what artists do is just as valuable as building a car that if you would never walk into a showroom and say, Give me that car. <laughs> because or I want this yeah. cavity. And if I like how you did it, I'll come back and have you fill yeah. another one. Maybe. Or I'll just go somewhere else that I know has it. I you mean, know, it's like, what? what? Ooh, let's, 
I just came up with a great idea, and I'm not going to say it on the air. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't want anyone to say I'm going to write it down, down right down. now. Because you'll get on another thing, and you'll go, oh, what was that thing? I was like, you didn't say it. We'll I know, I know. Do, like, we'll just do jury hub, hubbub in the background. Exactly. Gentle rhubarb. Well, just to toss this in, because, I mean, this the the thing that the musicians have been going through started happening with actors a while back prior to the internet going on where it seemed like the union, the fact that, you know, unions and representatives oh who were actors yes. within the union that served a group of people that all had similar a similar skill set working against a big entity industry, yes. and an industry that, of course, its nature is to, to earn and its nature is to take care of itself and all of its, you know, uh, it's like, how can we maximize Make a profit? Of course. Profit. The, yeah. And so you, you, you know, we had people that were representing us that fought originally for and created those contracts yes. that, that gave people, a friend of mine, I remember meeting a friend when I moved out here. Who was in the um, uh, peppermint patty commercial? Mm. You know, it's like we're like I feel like I'm on the Swiss Alps. Yeah, feel and the she, sensation. Yeah, and she yeah. the sensation. She was the one that said, "Great help, uh, great Alfred. You got a, a you want a silver." <laughs> she held the silver, out. <laughs> and she said, "That uh, that silver that silver bought my condo." You know, da 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 da. Yeah, and national stuff, commercial, right? right? That was then. Yeah, that was then. What year was that? That was God, what nine? <laughs> Probably ninety, if not. Yeah. You know, ninety one, ninety two, or something. But the system got eaten away with the weaker people in the front that just went, oh, "Well, okay, if you're yeah, going to take busting. this away, Be- right?" Because we're know? afraid of, we're, right? It's mergers the fear. And union busting. Yeah, the, the mergers. Terrible. And there's a generational thing going on because, like, the kids who woke up with a laptop put in, in their crib. Mm-hmm. Are like oh, the internet man. It's like take everything's it's all mine. It's whatever. And Napster. That, Napster messed a lot. Oh God. So. And yeah. They don't have the history. They don't of understand the or the understanding well, they, and of they the don't adults have, around. Well, that's anyway. that's what I'm saying. Is like there needs to be. Well, a they'll there's there's very own. little arts in the schools anymore itself. So I don't know how much even like actual. Um, kids are connecting to what it feels like to be a creative person and to be in a creative mode and to and to and to have uh, to have an experience of that it's so it's also critical thinking i mean art is well, really critical thinking we could, we could do a whole fucking yeah. show yeah. just on I'm that sure. i mean the greatest tragedy mm-hmm. would be it's starting to look like a bad idea yeah so why critical bother thinking. going into it look right. at what they're going to, i don't want to go through that right but mm-hmm. here's what i would tell you young listener <clears throat> you think it's gonna be that much easier trying to get a job at the car plant now yeah oh. Yeah. Or a tech job or an IT job when there's like millions of people flooding from other places to jump there ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. So cre- creativity alone doesn't suddenly put me in the cl- a club that's that different from yours results. No, wise. I mean, the difference I think, is yeah. I really like what I'm doing and you don't. You were just told you should do this. And yeah. we get to connect. I mean, it's it, again, it all ties together. I just, I, I was having a bad week too, Kelly. And I, I, you know, and it was, it was a week where I was trying to, to be gracious about the things that, that I do have and, and concentrate on the positive things. And mm. it was, it was like just, I felt like a gorilla sat down on my chest uh, this weekend and I then took relate, a shit. Darling, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. It's like <laughs> it was so, some things happened that were just so disappointing. And you can't do anything. You no, can't you stop can't. them. You can't and anger them. You have to nod and approve. And know. you know you're getting dirty <laughs> and the smell's starting to show up. <laughs> yes. I know. Good cocoa. The gorilla I could deal with, it was the shit. Yeah. Really, the gorilla you know, shit. It's mostly vegetarian, but enough. It's good for the garden. I know. So this friend of mine wrote me this email. He's in New York, this friend that I told you. And he said, hey, I had dinner with someone who saw 
saw our show recently in New York. I did a double bill in New York at the Duplex, and I sang a tune that I wrote. That's this kind of cabaretish tune called "Springtime in Syracuse," which is an ode to where I went to college, and it's kind of this like half half wistful, half putting it down thing. And it's very specific, but it's it it is about a specific emotion, a specific relationship and a time. And he he said in this email, this Facebook message to me, oh, and she wanted me to pass the message on to you that when when she came to our show, she's from Syracuse, and she loved the song so much that she felt she wanted me to tell you that she felt like you were singing it to her and the oh. world went away. Ah, and I just nice. like That's it. That's it. And I'm having a shitty week, yep. you know, I'm punching and I'm not getting anywhere. But the fact that's, that I connected with someone mm-hmm. in, in putting it out there and yeah. putting out my experience of something that was a vulnerable thing to do, and she felt like it, it moved her in some way. I'm just getting yeah. choked up thinking about it. It's uh, like, wow. And I just said, <laughs> thank you so much for saying that. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to go out and... Do my shit now, which you know I I couldn't get up to do. I, and I have and I have to email. tell people Holy out hell. there who, who um, I too uh, about ten days ago got an email from a listener of this podcast, and it was a very similar kind of experience. I mean, just an incredible one of those letters where you're just. I was, I just, it was like, oh, you dumb shit. Hello. Right. You're, you are living the dream. Because it only that, takes one. It right. really, you it are living the dream. Right. It does not matter. You are living the dream. You get to impact other people's lives through what you're thinking and doing and communicating, whatever form it comes in. And it was just, and it's, it just, it, it, it's so, it's so lovely to, to receive. Now, to learn mm. to receive that. That's a re- something I'm learning to receive. Finally, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, Thank right. you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this podcast today. To sit here with my friends, to to have these deep conversations. Because because if I don't have these deep conversations with my friends, I end up having them with myself, and then I look a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I look just. I'm and I'm the distracted one in the car screaming at herself. You know what I do? I leave a Bluetooth earpiece in. <laughs> Yes, I and do. No that one too. has a clue. When I run lines, when I walk, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I put the yeah, things yeah, that I just same talk. Thing, yeah. It's so great. It, oh yeah. Well, let, I'll tell you. Let me tell you this. <laughs> Dylan, no. Paul, Dylan Brody, and Paul Provenzo say they play that game crazy or Bluetooth. Yes, crazy or Bluetooth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Walk, exactly. And and it is. It is such a. It's such an. It's such an honor to to go on stage and to to do our work and to know that you're. A that we get to you know express whatever we're expressing, but but it's it's not doesn't happen in a vacuum because if I could I could, sure I could do my solo show in this room here by myself in the studio, it's not the experience. The experience yeah. is having knowing that it's landing somewhere and that some other human is receiving it. It's like driving a car without the alternator. Yes, and unless that <laughs> belt's feeding you back, you just can't. You won't make it. More than about five or it's, six blocks it's on your own battery alone. It, it is meaningless. It's not mental masturbation. It's not masturbation. It is fucking people. It is having sex together. That's right. That's right. The old in and out. That's right. It's the old in and out. In and out burger. Here's a lovely, lovely quote by Werner Herzog from the film Burden of Dreams about the making of Fitzcarraldo. Ooh, good movie. That's a great movie. It is, and that is what we all do. Yes, right? Is that just ultimately right? That's a fucking boat, man. So he says, "These are not only my dreams. My belief is that all of these dreams are yours as well. And the only distinction between you and me is that I can articulate them. That is what poetry, or painting, or literature, or filmmaking is all about. It's as simple as that." 
I make films because I have not learned anything else. And I know I can do it to a certain degree. It is my duty because this might be the inner chronicle of what we are. And we have to articulate ourselves. Otherwise, we will be cows in the field. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, fuck that. Wow. That's great. It is. Defense of creativity. Yes. And you are at your core creative. And so many people don't know it. Everyone is. have no idea why they're so unhappy. Yes. And yes, artists are unhappy. It's not the same brand of unhappy. Different kind. Different kind. It's not the same well, as you didn't address it at all. And they say, yes, there are people that are dominant on the other side, but sometimes they don't really know because they were never given the chance to find out if another part of their mind could have come to the fore. Yeah. And I think almost everyone is sold with the creativity software. And Of course. A, you're human. a 15th of us activated. Well, yeah. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, I mean, you have to be creative in order to be a human because, you know, learning to walk is an act of creation, basically. <laughs> it gets that. used. You the know. process gets used. Yeah. But it doesn't, you don't hold it up as the thing that yeah. defined your life. Self-expression. <clears throat> Self-expression. Self-expression. Is, is essential and is something that people... Uh, that's we, one of the same to me as creativity. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I'm just I'm just I'm couching it in a different way that not everyone gives themselves permission to, for self-expression. God yeah, no. Right, right. God no. You know, I, and I, and true. and that um and that in this country uh you would think, you know, with the first amendment and all that kind of stuff, you know, we would teach that more, but we we, we you know, we say we want self-expression, but only if it, it fits inside mm-hmm. this little box here. It's strange that like what the 50s on, maybe maybe 40s on, I don't know what the school system was like like before I experienced it in the 60s or whatever, but when I landed there, PE you know, time for lunch. Right. Uh, art, art classes, music classes. Yep. Go yep. get your instruments. They're on the table. Yep. Oh, I think that is. You know. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. And everybody got together. And some people played the tuba. And some they people killed played the them. And yet, our country has been has is these kids are fed American Idol and and right. they dance with the stars. But you know what? You know we can't it. fund a dancing. <laughs> Wait a second. Is it giving them cake and taking away? With, I mean, yeah. with, oh, and by the way, they're only showing artists competing, competing. against each other in something that's right. already so insanely competitive. Right. And let's make and them then we're, fight to the we're death making it even more competitive. Yeah, Spartacus. Well, and, and you know the the good news is is that Articus. the science, the Articus, <laughs> the science is behind all of the the need for arts. I mean the science is there. They've they've done testing. They know they know that it builds minds that are more innovative, more creative and actually are going to will create actual more profits for corporations in the future. But, but science is the other big word they hate alongside art. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, cuz it's, yeah, it's cause critical it's, thinking. It's the only people who are, yeah. who, who yeah. say, "You know we were wrong." Yeah. Who hates critical thinking? And we're going to do it a different way. way. Yeah. Who hates yes, critical it's literally, thinking? Literally, that's yeah. the difference between science and religion. Is yeah. religion doesn't say, "Okay, we were we wrong." We did it wrong. Right. And science goes, "This is right." Um, okay, well, no, maybe actually not. it was wrong. <laughs> we're sorry um, about that. So let's do it this way from now on. I mean, yeah, you people know. who don't want to be criticized, right? Yeah, are the ones who and, hate and it, critical. It's, things. it's also odd too because now, I mean, I remember uh, uh, being raised Catholic, hearing that you know one of these days it's all going to fall apart, and you're going to start hearing a lot of j- jokes about Jesus. Jesus is going to be <laughs> the butt of every joke, and then you're going to know something's going wrong or whatever. Uh, and then uh-huh. at the same time, while I am in like experiencing Catholicism uh-huh. and and seeing my parents' generation of it and how they saw it and it was like you know uh, 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 the truth to yes. some degree yes. Uh, the people I was surrounded by were people that went through the you know the, the revolution in the in the late sixties and early seventies who still chose to like be traditional to some degree, but at the same time 
completely encouraged for the most part encouraged creative and, and thinking and critical thinking mm-hmm. and questioning to that to where i got a sense of like that's why i to, to, for me i've listened in, to and taken in many different religions and start seeing comparisons to them yep. to where you sound very franciscan it's very, and, yeah, it's and jesuits it's, yeah, yeah. yeah the jesuits uh, yeah. and who would have thought that i was raised by basilians <laughs> wow so um <laughs> but nonetheless <laughs> father monsignor wiener was a student. no it's got senior it's, in the word. It's, it's He's already seen it. It's but uh, <laughs> but <That's laughs> nonetheless, awesome. it's an inspired weird thought. But, but nonetheless, I mean, we, t- we say religion now, and it almost is the same thing as saying Christian because a Christian is, you know. Agreed. Is, mm. Yeah. And then the rest of it is like, what about the philosophies that are shared by all of them? That right, it's that called people, the perennial wisdom. That's yeah, that's called perennial go. wisdom. There you go. That's perennial that's wisdom. different. Yeah, that's that's and there, that's the stuff that um, Thomas Jefferson did. The stuff that Thomas Jefferson cut out of the Bible was all the magical thinking stuff, mm-hmm. and the rest was the perennial wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, the basic. You know, you, you know, if you're in a glass house, don't throw stones. You know, perennial you versus parochial. There you are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's you know it's what Joseph Campbell found. He, he was a comparative comparative religious guy. Joseph Campbell went, hey, you know, lots of people have a flood story. Just, just pointing out. Lots of people have a flood story. Love you're not, the, you're not the first people to have a flood story. There's plenty of cultures that have talked about the end of the world ending through floods. Right. And 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 25 other different yeah, myths. Yeah, talks about all the borrowed items. Yeah, yeah. Just to dr- and it's all yeah. business. It's all set up a shop and start bringing customers in. It goes back to what we we're talking about monetizing. Mm-hmm. The internet of the time was religion. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the thing that everyone ran around away from the building and started talking about and spread. Uh, you so really set up how you make them talk about it. Yeah. Until you start, oh, we got to really start controlling them or they won't come back. They'll wander off and just start sharing the word. We're not going to have anybody keep our oil burning and we'll run out of money. Yes. It's the whole idea of don't set up a building. Right. Only only the audience doesn't talk back in religion except to repeat what you've said to them. Right. Oh, make sure it's dogma. <laughs> you, know, you got yes. it. Then yeah. you can set them free because you know they'll come yeah. back. It's yeah. Exactly. It's... Uh, it's um, there's not a lot of original. There's a lot of original sin, but not a lot of original thought going on in those no. lovely buildings. But like my dad said, the hats were great, and some of the music's pretty good too. <laughs> Especially in the Episcopalian <laughs> tradition, yeah. I have to say that's, some, that's the yeah. one to go. If you're going to go to a service, go to an Episcopalian. There you service. go. The and you know, good. and I like to. I do go to the um, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Uh, um, because the uh, Mary's Chapel in the front's very nice to meditate in, and I had a great experience in it. My uh, I was in New York to uh, spread my dad's ashes. And I always go to St. Patty's to honor my grandma, Grandma Mm, Mary. She mm -hmm. was a Catholic. So, And then when my mom died, I'd go in and I'd light a candle for Mary and I'd light a candle for my mom. And uh, and then I'd go and meditate in the the Mary's Chapel at the front and do my Zen Buddhist things right in front of all those Catholics. It was fun. (laughs) And uh, and then my dad died. So I was in New York to spread his ashes. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go to St. Patty's because, you know, it's I'm an Irish person. And, you know, I don't see it. I I, Bob, my husband, will not enter the church, by the way. He's a Mm. he's an unreformed Catholic. He's completely rejected it all. But he's like, I'm not going in there. And (laughs) so I go in there because I like I like the beauty of the space and the architecture is beautiful. So I'm 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 looking around. I, there's like all these weird saints things in the thing. Yeah. If you've been in there, right? You're yeah. like I don't know which They're which awesome. which saint should I choose. I always like which saint should I choose today? You know, and it's kind of like I get the feel, I get the energy of this one. No, I could not find a saint. Okay, I got I got to light three candles. I can't find a saint. I'm like okay, I'm just gonna go to the middle, the big area in the middle, right near the front. I'll just light a candle on that kind of stand there. And so what you do is you put a dollar in and you get a little stick and you put mm-hmm. the little candles down right. and you know you put the dollar in. I always think oh what are they gonna do with my dollar? I hope they're gonna feed a poor person with it. 
Mm. And um, <laughs> it's not going to go into the Cardinal's Lexus gas money or something. Yeah. And uh, so I put the three candles down. And uh, you get a little stick and you light the stick off of another candle to light the first candle. So Mm -hmm. I I light, I I get the stick lit and I, just as I touch the first candle, the organ goes, (laughs) (laughs) and I look up and I'm like, hi, dad. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess there was a wedding going. So, it was an awesome it moment. Someone with their it hands was, above the like keys waiting. watching you going. They fucking were. I know they were. And literally every hair on my body stood straight That's up. It was just cool. like one of those, you know, the moment of the numinous, you know, yeah. you're just like in, in this moment. It was so it was so awesome. <laughs> Will the afterlife be a whole nother show? Octagon? Oh, my God. The afterlife is like, oh, my God. I hope there's good craft service. I was totally sure after my dad. Passed away that he was still around for sure. Yeah, and we had like little evidences that were floating. Uh, you know, my dad. Um, my dad used to look for change all the time, and so I always look for change. And whenever I find a dime and a penny together, uh huh, it's my. I'm like, oh, dad's there. Dad's hanging up. Dime and penny. Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. Uh, dad would think that was ridiculous, but I don't care because you know what? He did shit like that all the time. People. He did. <laughs> he was like a mystical fucking guy, logical mystical guy. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I think. We haven't solved anything again today, but that's fine. We don't. But we're, we're here, messy. But like we're, we're, we're messy. It's mess. It's messy. And and here's what I, I here's what I've gotten out of today. We can all share a little bit. Um, I've gotten that. Um, it's more of an exchange. It's collaboration. Life is a collaboration. There's really no giver. There's really no receiver. There is just an exchange of energy. We're all part of an ecosystem. A niche. Uh, we have a niche inside of our ecosystem, and we do our little job. Maybe I'm the mitochondria this week. Maybe I'm mm. the RNA. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm the little, you know, traveler cell that brings the fuel into the other area. Who knows what I am? But I know that I'm here to do my job, and it's just a part of everyone else's job. And your recognition of the part that you're a cell in a body. Yes. I am a cell in a huge body and your called cell. The you know, big... you leave that cell on its own, make it a libertarian cell. Let's leave your cell out in the sunlight for a little <laughs> right. while without body to keep it running, without feeding it fluids. Yeah, there you are. There, you're actually on your own now. Let's put you out in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. What right. happened to you? I thought you were such a tough guy. Yeah. Ecosystems, there. no one's alone in an ecosystem exactly and if you're hoarding too much in the ecosystem it's called cancer and eventually you kill your host and that's not good either so yeah, there you, you don't go win. especially you in a radio show you don't want to kill the host no exactly. or a i can agree enough. with that thank you very much uh, can i just say i want astronauts to become superstars okay that's what's most concerning have you guys been following commander hadfield i mean this I is totally off love subject him but on twitter like my god because oh i was god. a kid nasa had I know. Figures, da, da, da. I know. and finally this, there's a guy that's like okay here we're gonna do we're gonna, like, i'm gonna sing a song over there, th- like from the soyuz he's, or whatever. he's in so he's he in rewrote space, it on he, the iss yeah. but he, the words are different because you know major yes. thomas so he's, he's fucked up there right no yeah. it, it won't return him home yeah. there's limited oxygen and he's <laughs> pondering <laughs> this permanent orbit he's sure. gonna be this yeah. dead thing in a capsule yeah right yeah that's not it, brilliant. It you was, can't sing that version of no, the No, he, 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 no. He, he did a little. He did. He, he made it his own. As and he made say. it all the systems are working. He and did. prior to my personal discovery of those videos of him mm-hmm. was the uh, things are changing. Uh, uh, astronauts. Things are changing with the astronauts. And like it's, that was like kind of the, the thing to guide you to the video. Yeah. Where each of them, when they went around the planet, could not 
ignore that it was one yes. huge ecosystem. There's a there's a word for that. Um, and I'll find it on another day it's when I have a brain. No, there's an actual word. The phenomena right. that happens yeah, to the astronauts true. when they see the world as one, and when we all did when yep. we saw the Earth, Earth rise. rise. There's an actual word for what happens to your worldview. Speaking yes. of which, we're going full circle here. World Some people yes. get see, religious. Some people... Right, but basically what it is is like, right. holy shit, we are all one. And with that, I want to thank you, Amy Engelhart. Uh, where can people find your stuff? You can find me on Facebook at uh, the letter I space A-R-E space music. That is my music page. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can know. also Google me on Blogspot uh, Amy Engelhart, and you can find out what I'm up to. There you go. And um, Mr. Bono, um, how can people help you uh, support you in your hip operation time? <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> they can go to chrisbono.com, and there's a donation button there that takes them to giveforward.com, where a uh, friend has set up a little foundationally thing where they can... You can um, help, put, out. help help you out during your recovery of your hip operation. And, and while they are at Chris Bono, two ends, mm-hmm. Bono, one extra end for my I, – I need an extra end. You do. I'm trying to have You do. Funded. There's so much of you, you need an extra end. ChrisBono.com. Uh, yeah, and I, I we actually upgraded the um, site so there is a player so you can watch the Electric Bono Land episodes. Oh, you guys got to watch from these. From zero to, to nine. They're amazing. I order. recommend number five. I recommend – five is uh, yes. <laughs> They're all fabulous. And Rick Overton inspired many of them. Yeah. Yes. Can I also say that I used to think that Chris Bono was the new hip, and now he's getting one? Ooh. Oh, I like that. I like this. We need to keep her around. She's good. She's not afraid of a pun. And Mr. Rick Overton, what are you doing, and how can we find out what's happening with you? Uh, I uh, have a podcast. Yes, you do. Oh, so a fantastic overview, oh and uh, you can hear them archived and uh, hear the wonderful uh, overview that I had with Kelly Carlin. Ah, well, thank nice. you, sir. Yeah, that was a smashing one. And you have, way to start. All of them are fantastic. Uh, at least I listened to the one with Peter Joseph. Blew my mind completely. The zeit, speaking of Zeitgeist. <sighs> so check out Mr. Rick Overton's overview and um, and uh, go to my page, kellycarlin.com. That's my website. And uh, go over to Waking from the American Dream. There's a PayPal button there. And um, I would love for you to support the work I do here at my podcast. This is my life's work, and I would love to know that we are having mm. an exchange that we are collaborating on this thing called waking from the american dream because god knows it's a dream we're waking up and you know what america is still a pretty fucking cool place to live so everyone have a great memorial day weekend we're going to go out with um a beautiful song called gracias a la vida and it's in spanish but uh you will uh You'll you'll know what she's talking about. Thank you, life. Thank, Thank you. you, everyone. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank Kelly. you. Thanks. tanto. Me dio dos luceros. Que cuando los abro, perfecto distingo lo negro del blanco. El alto cielo, su fondo estrellado, y en las multitudes, el hombre que yo amo. Gracias a la vida. 
dado tanto Me ha dado el sonido Y el abecedario Con las palabras Que pienso y declaro Madre, amigo, hermano Y luz alumbrando la ruta del alma del que estoy amando gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado la marcha de mis pies cansados con ellos anduve ciudades y charcos playas y desiertos montañas y llanos y la casa tuya tu calle
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie continues its roadshow extravaganza with the feature film followed by a live podcast Q&A. June 6th at the Fillmore in Charlotte, North Carolina. June 7th at Studio 35 in Columbus, Ohio. June 8th at the Madison in Covington, Kentucky. June 9th at the Oaks in Oakmont, Pennsylvania. And June 22nd at the Warfield in San Fran. CSMOD.com has your complete up-to-the-minute listings for these and all Smodco Live shows. Tickets available now, so don't miss out.